oh, I'm biting my tongue at you, sir. I am such a fortune's fool, because Boz Lerman's Romeo plus Juliet is in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. to be a farmer. Here's a couple of acres. Sorry, Jeff. You lose. Do Professor Plow. I said Plow. The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosabe. We're going to pass to the start of the Bernoulli Convergenator. If he puts a car in fifth gear, he can jumpstart the whole thing. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rider's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kurland, and joining me this week is a very special crossover episode. If I was Mr. Peanut Butter on BoJack Horseman, I would say, Jukebox Zeros in Rider's Bagel Basket? What is this, a crossover episode? So joining me this week is the boys from Jukebox Zeros, Patrick and Lee. Well, Lee, you've been on many times before. I don't want to do this. I do. I'm here for you. Yeah, this is Patrick's first time. So, yeah. give me the bagel. This doesn't feel right. Not everything about this is wrong. Why? Because I'm because I'm overstimulated from the horrible movie you had us watch. Yeah. Uh, How could you do this to us, God? It's after the, we were so nice to you. It's the theme month. It's after we had you come on and review David Bowie's worst out. Oh, oh, that's why. <laughs> and then, and then after that, we're having you do the Corey Feldman out. Al- oh, oh. You know yeah. what you did. Never mind. You know what you guys did. Oh, <laughs> did. No. So we're ending too legit to lit. <laughs> 90s literary November with Boz Lerman or William Shakespeare's Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah, Baz Lerman did not write this uh, script. Yeah, I said that when when I saw the end credits as a screenplay by Boz Lerman. I was like, no, you nope. didn't. You literally copy and pasted. At most, at most, I imagine Boz Lerman wrote the part where, like, they're in the gas station and there's a kid with a gun going bang, bang. That's what Boz Lerman wrote. And then gun goes bang. <laughs> I think the only other thing, instead of doing at the end, her going, oh, happy dagger, he's like, let's just cut out this dialogue. Or actually, he's Australian, so he's like, let's go cut out this dialogue. <laughs> That's right. Drinking, fighting. <laughs> That's not a gun. This is a knife. What? Boz, are you having a stroke? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am, for true, for true. <laughs> <laughs> He's Cockney now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, eh? I'm going to hang out with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Have a banana. I, oh, hate, yeah. anyway. I, I hate this movie. Like, originally it was going to be, so uh, we were going to bookend it and do 10 Things I Hate About You to open it up and end with O, but I actually like the movie O <laughs> with, with Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia Stiles doing Othello. Right. Oh yeah. I oh. actually I actually like that movie and then I was like, no, it needs to be like something Shakespeare but modern and I was like Hamlet. 
the Ethan Hawke Hamlet. I'm like, no, I like that one too. And then I was like, my own private Idaho. No, I like that too. How am I going to punish myself? And I was like, oh yeah, Romeo plus Juliet. And I don't care if anyone says Romeo and Juliet. He put a plus sign. It's yeah. Romeo plus Juliet. Or depending how you read it, Romeo cross Juliet. Yeah, there, there's a there's a cross there. I'm, oh. I'm not going to lie. That's oh, I get Jesus. it. Because of star-crossed lovers. Fuck you, Boz Lerman. <laughs> <laughs> or as we were calling him during our message chat earlier, Bag Lunchman. Because, bag Lunchman. <laughs> because my my phone auto-corrected Boz to Bag and then and it all just fell into place <laughs> yeah i think was it you patrick who wrote lunchman uh i think that was, that was me Link, I think. Actually. Um, bag lunchman and that's that's what we're going to be referring to him as yeah that's what we're dealing with today so it hel- it'll help to keep us sane so basically um in 93 or 94 Bosler Lerman came onto the scene with strictly ballroom which everyone loved and they said oh he's a visionary so let's give him something artistic, and they gave him this because they hate us. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with ballroom, so what, what's that one about? Literally ballroom dancing. It okay. was like a stage play first, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, he came from theater before he moved to like to film. Yes, because he is pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so lunch mini, that, that's sort of his... Uh... That's sort of his genre, though. He does the, the jukebox musicals and, and these sort of theatrical movie adaptations of, of theater. He's the type of person who I feel like has a musical going on in his head at all times. Because originally this was supposed to be a musical. He wanted, he's like, what if I did, you know, Romeo and Juliet, the musical? And they're like, no. And he's like, well, can I set music to it, love? And they're like, fine. Can I set modern music to it, love? Wait, what? Too late. You said yes the first time. <laughs> I got the cardigans, Sheila. <laughs> Why is he Jim Jeffries? <laughs> uh, and Radiohead, too. They, they pop up a couple times oh, in this Oh, Radiohead? Film. How did they get Prince? No, no idea. I Cause, mean, cause, they, they didn't get the original, but they, they got the composition. Yeah, but, but even... They got tiny children singing Prince. Well, so... <laughs> the altar boys for Friar Lawrence, when that kid is singing, um, cause Boz Lerman also dabbled in music cause he wrote the everyone's yeah. free to wear, dabbled. S- everyone, we have. everyone's free to wear sunscreen. Do you remember that? Yeah. He, he, yeah, he sampled like the choir from the film. Right. Well, he wrote that music first and he put it in there. So when that scene happened... Well, no, like, the music that he sampled wasn't even his. Like, the choir, like, it may have been his arrangement, but they were covering, like, this really famous, like, dance, like, this sort of dance club song called right. Everybody's Free. Right. But it's known because of that singer, the the choir boy is the one who sang it. Quindon Tarver. Him, yes. I'm not, I'm not justifying his name. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when that scene came on and... Uh, uh, Haley and I were watching it, and they're getting married. A, I said it looked like a hillbilly wedding. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, it's Cletus and Brandine getting married. <laughs> because she's wearing she's wearing a hillbilly dress, and he looks like he's wearing his dad's overcoat. Oh, yeah. Wait, uh, is he wearing the, the Hawaiian shirt in that scene? I no, can't remember. No, no, he's wearing, uh, he's wearing, like, a Hawaiian tie. It, it's a weird design on the tie. Okay. But... 
but when uh Quindon Carver Tarver, Tarver is singing and they're walking down the aisle, I just turned to Haley and I said, Ladies and gentlemen of the class of nineteen ninety nine, if I have one piece of advice for you, it is to wear sunscreen. The long term effects of wearing sunscreen <laughs> And like I did the whole thing and she's like, Did you always know that? And I was like, Shut up. <laughs> Could I just say something real quick about Father, Father Lawrence? Was that his name? Yeah, Pete Postlewaite. Um, what the fuck? What is this guy? When they introduce him, when they introduce Pete Postlewaite as Father Lawrence, he's topless. He's topless. <laughs> With he's boys. Making, he's making poison. He's literally making poison, hallucinogenic poisons. Just making poison with the boys. <laughs> well, and there well, are two he, children watching well, him. Well, he's not just making poison. It's not like it, it wouldn't kill you, but it like. It's like it's fake poison. Well, it's like it's like it's like a roofie. Like he he, because that's what he gives Juliet. So but it's one that you administer on yourself. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's basically poison in the same way that alcohol is technically poison. True. But think about it. He's giving this. He's showing young altar boys how this is. He's showing this is what I do with my time. It's like, how does this guy have a parish? Is he just like the only one in this fictional version of L.A. that said, "Yeah, I'll do the church." It's not thing. L.A. It's Brazil. I know it's wait, and in the like, I know it's not like actually L.A. Like they filmed it in like parts of Australia and it, Mexico City, and it was all Brazil. They filmed it all in Brazil. Really? Because that, I mean, that would explain why there's Jesus statues everywhere. Right. Oh yeah, the uh, the the big uh, Jesus statue that's in uh, Sao Paulo. There. Yeah, yeah. Because I I wrote. Uh, uh, two houses both alike in dignity and fair Brazil. We set the scene. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I could have sworn during the credits that they said that they filmed it in like Australia and Mexico City, though. I could be mistaken. They, they did the post. Um, I think his little bugalow where he's in exile is in Mexico City. Mm. I mean, Fil- filmed somewhere in between Australia and Mexico City, <laughs> which is Brazil, of course. <laughs> I mean, does that is that why everyone was just waving guns around with reckless abandon? Cause oh, I, yeah. Because I know L.A. does not have that lax gun laws. No. Well, true. And <laughs> I mean, on closed sets, I'm sure they could probably, with fake guns, they could probably get away with it. I well, mean, there, there's a have lot. Have we confirmed that, the, that these are real guns and that this was actually uh, shot in real time? <laughs> there's only three really great things in this movie. John Leguizamo. Oh, boy. The guy who plays Mercutio. Who, and, play, who played Mercutio? Oh, I gotta look it up. Was but, he just like that kind of trapezoid-headed guy that was like, I do not know what thou art, bro. No, no, no. Mercutio was uh, the the drag queen. Yeah. Oh. I thought Pete Possible oh, right. was, the friend. was uh, like, you know, decent acting-wise. I, I, I definitely believed him more than fucking well, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, okay, so... Pete Postlewaite is from the Royal Shakespeare Academy. Like, yeah. like oh, they like, had to get one in the, the movie right. <laughs> for in and, order for it to be legit. And originally, he wasn't gonna do it. He wasn't. It wasn't gonna be him. It was gonna be um, uh, Marlon Brando. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Take his poison. Oh, oh, I don't think so. Um, Harold uh, Pinier is uh, was Mercutio. He was also Link in the Matrix movies. Oh yeah, um, that make that makes sense. But originally, John Leguizamo auditioned to be Mercutio. Ewan McGregor auditioned to be Mercutio, and 
Benicio del Toro was almost cast as Tybalt. So if it was John Leguizamo as Mercutio, Benicio del Toro as Tybalt. That would have been actually pretty great. Uh, that's that's hilarious. But I love Johnny Legs in this movie. Like when he comes out and he's like, "Peace, peace, you speak of peace," and he's like just throwing his cigarette. And he's like, "I'm the biggest pimp there is." I do, but keep the peace. Put up thy sword, or manage it to part these men with me. Peace, peace. I hate the word. As I hate hell, all Montagues. And thee. Bang, bang! Bang, bang! Bang! But the third thing that I love the most is the gunplay. Like, like how everyone knows how to spin a gun like it's a top hat and cane. They're just like, putting on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In public, too. In public. In L.A. It's for I mean, quote-unquote <laughs> L.A. The, the cameos in this movie are so weird. Like, Paul Rudd. Yeah, I, I, I almost but, couldn't believe it at first. But, <laughs> he's, he's so baby-faced in this. But, by the way, uh, you but, mean like he is now? Paul, right. He has more crow's feet in this movie than he does in <laughs> now. By the way, um, like when they introduced his character, I got so irrationally angry. Oh, you mean Dave Paris, yes. Bachelor of the Year? <laughs> Like the, the character that did Paris in the film is Dave. How do you think Shakespeare would have felt if they knew that they were calling this character Dave? Well, they did that because Paris is one character. He's the chief of police and... Oh, the the chief of fucking police, by the way. Chief, they called him Chief Prince. Yeah. No! <laughs> you can't do that! Because it's Prince Paris. That's um. com- two completely different... Uh, <laughs> jurisdictions that you're running chief there, prince, a chief I'm, or a prince i'm mayor king i would have loved for it to <laughs> i'm actually, governor emperor i would love for it to actually be prince Fuck and, you bag lunchman chief prince and then he's like hey everyone why don't we just calm down <laughs> dearly beloved dearly we beloved gather. we are gathered here talk about a little thing hope life two houses both alike in dignity in fair verona we set the scene. So I, I kind of want to talk about that intro for a second, or should I say, there's actually they they do the opening the, uh, the tra- line twice. The tra- yeah. oh, mean, okay, the trailer, not trailer, that opens it. Okay. Yes, it's a fucking. Tra- I thought it was the trailer for the movie at first. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> See, I actually liked the news report. I like that aspect that a TV turns on and like it's a news story. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene. From ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventured piteous overthrows doth with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love and the continuance of their parents' rage, which but their children's end naught could remove, is now the two hours traffic of our stage. That makes sense. <laughs> that that okay, yeah. That that was fine. And then it turns into th- that was literally the trailer that was that they released for the movie. It's like the first five minutes of the movie is is a trailer. You can't <laughs> you can't do that, bag lunchman. That's cheating. You make a separate, you know, sizzle, sizzle reel, 
for for your film, and then you can't just tack it on. This, put it into TNAs. This yeah. this is why it pissed me off that they called him visionary director Boz Lerman. First off, visionary director back lunchman. Come on, guys. He and, he wrote that line. You just know it. Um, I mean, aren't all directors like visionaries to well, some well it feels extent? Like- <laughs> I mean, that's why you have a director, because they will have a vision of something. That's the whole point. <laughs> it, it feels like they, they did this on purpose. Like, like he gave himself that moniker the same way M. Night Shyamalan gives himself that moniker of visionary director. Or McGee. Yeah. The, the people who are actually visionaries, like Spielberg, Christopher Nolan, they didn't give themselves that title. Stanley Kubrick, you know who gave that, them that, that moniker? Critic. Other people. <laughs> Boz Lerman or Bag Lunchman is the type of guy who screams his name during sex. Like, oh, Baz! Oh, Bag Lunchman! Oh, oh, Baz Lerman! <laughs> wow, Baz, you were great. And his wife's like, Thanks, Baz. I agree, Baz. And his wife's are, like, Are you talking to yourself? I agree, Baz. That was so good. Mmm, you were a delightful. The one thing I hate with Boz in his movies or Bag is the fact that, like, everything is, like, sped up. Like, Looney Tunes style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there are definitely some disorienting bits in this movie yeah, what, because what of that. What really, like, just, like, threw me, like, the most. I mean, maybe you guys agree, but I Jamie hate... Kennedy. <laughs> I mean, yes, and... Wait, Jamie Kennedy <laughs> popped his head in this, too? Yeah, he has, pink, he has he, pink hair in the movie. He's the, I bite my thumb at you, sir. Oh, right, yeah. He's one of the boys. Yeah, because Matt Pinfield, the, the fat bald guy, <laughs> he gets shot in the back of the head. How did I fucking miss Matt Pinfield? It wasn't Matt Pinfield. It was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say, like some of the transitions between scenes is like just AD, it's just like ADD to the nth sort of degree. Like, it's just like, there's this camera zips around, and now there's like a, a car crash. Now it's over here, and here's some naked people. We're over here now. He's really trying to tell you something. Yeah. Um, or if he does it fast enough like, and just blindsides you with it, you won't have time to interpret the fact that it's actually nothing at all that he's I, trying to tell you. Pretty much. I wish they didn't stick to the iambic pentameter. I wish they just did what, like, 10 Things I Hate About You or Clueless did and, and make it modern and not stick to, like, the Shakespeare speak because... When some people are doing the Shakespearean soliloquies, monologues, whatever, some of them are really good, like uh, Mercutio, Tybalt, even Lady Capulet, and the nurse. Paul Sorvino was pretty good, actually. Mm. Paul Sorvino is so good in this movie, shockingly, and also he does his trademark of slapping young men across (laughs) the face. Paul Sorvino in what's probably the second most embarrassing thing he's ever done. What was the first? Have you guys ever seen Repo the Genetic Opera? Oh my god. I, I hate totally that movie forget. so much. I, I forget that Paul Sorvino. And Paul Sorvino is like 15 pounds of ham in that movie. Hey guys. Absolutely, <laughs> That's a lot of absolutely slumming it with fucking with fucking Paris Hilton and what and Sarah Brightman and stuff like that. Oh wow. And Anthony Stewart had. And Ogre from Skinny Puppy, weirdly enough. Yeah, that's a regular who's who. Oh, and the the girl from um, uh, Spy Kids, Alexa Vega. Right, right. Yeah, she's in that. But Paul Sorvino in this movie. Okay, so I was trying to figure out, 
clearly the the uh, <coughs> Capulets are supposed to be like a combination of you know the Latino mob and the Italian mob. Mm. Now, is are the Montagues supposed to be a combination of the Irish mob because you have Brian Dennehy, <laughs> Brian Dennehy and Christina Pickles, where you have Paul Sorvino and like Kristen Scott Thomas, like. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's kind of what I, I was having trouble like trying to ascertain exactly what these families do. That so they're they're like the mob or, or they're you know legitimate crime syndicates or, or what have you, and and these are their fronts. Are See, these I, two buildings? I didn't get Irish mob from the Montagues. Just I because, only get it from from Brian Dennehy. <laughs> right, like the actual like street toughs just act like just drunken assholes the whole time just they're they're basically just being drunken frat assholes yeah so the irish mob the <laughs> great now we're all going to die it's fine i'm irish it's okay i'm irish too i'm so fucked <laughs> yeah sorry buddy sorry <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> the views of jukebox ears do not necessarily uh reflect the views of scott curland of writer's bagel basket <laughs> thank you no, I, I was just, just trying to figure out I was just trying to figure out like what type of gang or mob they were supposed to be where where they it should have been like more security based and like they're different like conglomerates like the Capulets make, you know, uh dolphin safe tuna <laughs> and like <laughs> the the Montagues yeah, make do, Dow chemicals. Do, yeah, do we does the movie ever address what these two big faceless conglomerates actually ever do? I don't know, but Brian Dennehy always looks like he's just coming back from an award show because, like, his his tie is undone and he's, like, <laughs> in his his suit, like, coat's unbuttoned and his shirt's unbuttoned and it's like, oh, I didn't win this year. Have <laughs> <laughs> next year, honey. It's okay. And Benvolio, who is uh, Romeo's cousin, Dash Minkoff plays that guy. That's the guy who I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, trapezoid-headed guy. Yeah, trapezoid. He was in Cavemen, the the Geico Cavemen TV show. Really? Yeah. With Nick Kroll? Yeah. That, there's someone who was slumming it. <laughs> oh, Nick, Nick Kroll was Nick on Kroll that? Nick Kroll was far too good for that show. But that was his first thing. Oh, so, okay. So it makes sense. Hey, you look like a caveman. Let's <laughs> have you on. You have a trapezoid head like the Cro-Magnons <laughs> did? That's terrible. But uh, so I just want to go into some of the people who were originally like sought after for this who are who auditioned. Um, apparently, Leonardo DiCaprio was Baz Luhrmann or Bag Lunchman's first choice. Natalie, How, I'm sorry. However, the studio wanted Neil Patrick Harris. Really? I would have mm. liked Neil Patrick Harris. I think he would have been good. How how old would he have been around that time? Like, um, he probably would have been the same age as DiCaprio, so early twenties. So okay. this was like Starship Troopers, so he's probably nineteen. So Doogie Hauser was like a distant memory by that point. By two years, and he was seventeen when it ended. So he mm. would have been eighteen, nineteen, and yeah. DiCaprio mm. was twenty or twenty one. Hmm. And, and yeah, Neil Patrick Harris has actually done some musical work and uh, nowadays. Shakespeare and Shakespeare. He's he's you know he's a decent actor. He would have been great. However, originally, Juliet was casted as Natalie Portman. Right, I was about to say that before I so rudely interrupted you. (laughs) It's okay. She was 13 years old. Yeah. I mean, that would have been accurate to the actual play when, like, canonically, Juliet was supposed to be, like, 12. Really? I read 12. Um, I I mean, either one Romeo was supposed to be 16, and I thought she was, like, 
14 or 13. I mean, either one would have been icky for modern sensibilities. Well, if they were going to do it that way, yeah, get her, get Natalie Portman, but get, like, Jesse Bradford, who played Balthazar in this. He was, like, 15 years old, 16 years old. Get someone who's younger. Get Eric Von Detten, who was in the Leave it to Beaver. Or one of the little rascals. You know who you know who would have really liked that casting though? All those really, really creepy, incelly people that liked Leon the Professional. Ugh. I mean, it's a good movie, but that has some really creepy fans. Well, that's why Boz wanted her. Oh. Because he no. loved Leon the Professional. Oh no. Oh, that no. makes <laughs> Oh no. So then um it was gonna be the casting call. The people who auditioned for Julia were Christina Ricci, Aaliyah. Really? Mm. <laughs> that might have been interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe not. Maybe Sarah not. Michelle Geller. Yeah, this all sounds right. She had and, like some prior engagements or something. And my choice would have been either Kate Winslet or Kate Beckinsale. Hmm. Both Shakespeare yeah. actresses. Right. Well, Winslet would have been a little too on the nose because, you know, they were going to. That was a year later. Titanic was a year later. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. However, however, um, Leonardo DiCaprio fought tooth and nail for Claire Danes because he liked my so-called life so much. Yeah. Then they fucking hated each other. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how how did they do on set? <laughs> they hated each other because, you know, his past and like he was a party animal and mm. she is an actual proper actress who went to Juilliard and was trained. And <laughs> that must have been a huge bummer for Leo. Like, going to all this work, and then Claire's, oh, I don't like you. Oh, man. Well, no. Like, she was very appreciative, and he's like, know how you would thank me? You should come out with me and the boys, and we're going to go have some fun. Okay, that's not cool. Yeah, it's one of those that's situations, not cool. probably. Yeah. Like, that That was, from what I, I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio personally. I met him once years ago. He was very nice then. But, like, 20s DiCaprio, I heard he was such a pill. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I can imagine that, especially if, like the height of uh, like that time period when when that was, uh, yeah, that that was around the time when Titanic came out too. When you know that was obviously a huge film for him, right. and he was already nominated for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, right? So yeah, just fame plus early twenties is not a good mix. <laughs> well, because I I heard the person who is now considered like the new DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet, he's filming in uh, Massachusetts for Little Women. Apparently he's like the biggest jerk, and that like broke my heart because he got nominated for all of these awards. Oh man! So I guess fame does that to you. Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah. I. I still don't understand how um. The no one recognized that it was Romeo at the party because he was just wearing his Lone Ranger silver mask. Oh yeah, and he he takes it off immediately as well. Yeah, and and uh, what's his name? Paul Sorvino just grabs him by the face, sees him. He knows his enemy. He knows his enemy, his enemy's kid, and he's just like, "Hey, look, there's lots of babes here." <laughs> I just assume Paul Sorvino was fucking sloshed off his ass by that point. No, he though. has face blindness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let me touch your face. <laughs> You're a Montague. <laughs> oh, wait, so so he can't see what. He can't, like, recognize facial... He has no facial recognition with his eyes, but he can do it with his hands yes. somehow. Like, he's not... He's like Val Kilmer in At First Sight. <laughs> but he's not, like, fully blind. Like, he could see everything else, but, like, somehow with I mean, his hands. That, that's what he says, but I think he just secretly gets off on touching people's faces. Mm, yeah, that's. I think you're a pretty girl. 
Wait a minute. Stop. Hey. Stop. You're a Montague. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I was touching Lee's face. Well, okay, so what was really weird at that party, first off... Oh, the party. Well, leading up to that, I actually liked... Is it the Queen Mad speech or... The, in, in the actual play, Mercutio does a speech about, you know... The speech that he was given when he was offering uh, Leonardo DiCaprio ecstasy. Yes, but I love that they referred to that as the Queen Mad or Queen whatever pill, where where in the actual play it's the ghost that, mm. that drives you crazy. And in this it's like, yeah, drugs will make you go crazy. <laughs> oh, then I see Queen Mad has been with you. She is the fairy's midwife, and she comes in shape no bigger than an agate stone on the forefinger of an alderman. Drawn with a team of little atomies over men's noses as they lie asleep. Her chariot is an empty hazelnut. Her wagoner a small, gray-coated gnat. And in this state, she gallops <laughs> night by night through lovers' brains. And then they dream of love. Yeah, so that that was definitely a line that had to have been written after the fact. They say something about drugs, and I don't think that was in the original play, was it? No. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> no, and and basically, they're trying to retcon it that the reason why they fall in love is because he's on drugs. Well, she was sober, so... <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of want to call attention to how wet... Leonardo DiCaprio is, like, throughout this movie. Has anyone else noticed this? Oh, yes. You mean I by mean, water, right? I mean, yeah, just, like, so he goes and splashes his face in, in the water, which apparently, like, Well, she is, cheers. too, because the first time we see her, she's, like, like splash. Yeah, but I think some of that is just residual splashback from, from Leo somehow. No, yeah. no, when we first see her, when she's getting ready, when they're like, Juliet, Juliet, or as the nurse calls her, Juliet. Juliet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Miriam Margot is a great actress and all that. It's and she's, Madam Sprout. But she really, like, she really piles that fake Spanish accent on very, very thickly. <laughs> she's chewing the scenery. Oh, but, yeah. But when we first see Juliet for the first time, she's in the pool. Mm. Right. Like, like but, but these like... kids love the splashy tubby time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, it's just funny you mentioned that because, like, this is jumping ahead, but when they get to that scene where, like, that big sort of dramatic moment where, like, after the party, Romeo, oh. sne- Romeo sneaks up to Juliet's balcony and they keep falling into the pool over and over and <laughs> over again. And over and over. Yeah, he, I, he does I it again later on. He falls into the pool. Like, I need to go. Well, after they, will, he... they will hear me. No, let's make out in the pool again. Okay. Well, what, what's really creepy in that scene is when, like, they make the noise and the guard comes and she just stands up and looks at the guard and she's like, this is see-through. <laughs> by, by the way, worst fucking guard ever. Yeah, because... Incompetent. <laughs> okay, love. <laughs> It's George like, Harrison's there's guard. There's clearly apparently. all this shit going on on the cameras, and he's just like, I don't know, fucking off watching Frasier or something like that. <laughs> Did you just say George Harrison's guard? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, keep it down, you wacky beetle. <laughs> I, the best part about that Faliga joke is I love the fact that there, there's a guard who's like telling his employee that, <laughs> or his employer, like, hey, knock it off up there. <laughs> like, 
Like, you know, no, no, I hired you. I didn't hire you to discipline me. Okay? But didn't that really happen to George Harrison? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, yeah, some dude broke into his house and, and attacked him. <laughs> I, I just picture Paul Sor- Sorvino as, as Cap, like, going through, like, this guy's, like, references and like resume. His link, and he's like, his oh, I, I see you worked for George <laughs> Harrison. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> yeah, How's he was... doing now? <laughs> yeah, oh, that, was, that was an interesting period in my life. So what are the benefits again? <laughs> Oh my god! Um, but yeah, when she's in the pool and she's looking at the guard, first off, the guard looked like like a heroin addicted, like Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, the way he is looking at her is so upsetting. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you going splashy? <laughs> <laughs> you having have fun little, in the pool? <laughs> you have a little tumble into the pool? <laughs> Splish splash, having a bath." <laughs> Hey, I see a man behind you. <laughs> yeah, like, that, that that's the thing. There's the that's there's what I no mean way that worst. you can't tell. Like like she has Romeo under the water. It's like, well, I guess I don't see another guy. I couldn't just look into the pool. It's not like the pool is clear or anything there's like so that. Much, there's so many times let, where like let me just take another look. There's Juliet. There's the surface of the water with no man in it. <laughs> I could look down and see if there's one under the surface of the water. Nah, I'm sure it's But I really want to get back to that episode of Frasier. But, like, there's so many examples of people just not, like, using their sight critically whatsoever. Like, like we mentioned Paul Sorvino pulling, uh, you know, his enemy's son, you know, and just being like, I don't know what you are. And then there's, like, another scene where... Like, there's so many times where, like, oh, shit, Lady Capulet's coming to the room, but, like, let's make out for and, like, talk flowerly for well, the next five well, minutes. even <laughs> Lady Capulet is pulling Paul Rudd. I'm not calling him Dave Paris. Fuck that. She, <laughs> she's pulling Paul Rudd, and she Paul- sees Juliet get on the elevator, and she's making out with DiCaprio, and she's like, huh, I can't see her. By the way, Paul, Paul Rudd, Dave Paris dances like an idiot. Well, I, I was like, why is he dancing so weird? And I was like, oh, he's wearing an astronaut's costume. No wonder why he dances like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, astronauts are all fucking assholes. <laughs> Touch in briefly back on that whole guard seat real quick. Uh, something that uh, Susan pointed out to me when we were watching it yesterday. Uh, like, she just kind of made the point, maybe this isn't Romeo and Juliet. Maybe this is just one long, convoluted guard training video. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is how it's just like, this is what you shouldn't do. You see how he didn't bother to look in the pool for another person? <laughs> Don't do what that guy did. See how do this instead. See how he's letting her drink that fake poison that will knock her out? See how he's not looking at the monitors despite all kinds of rustling and shit happening. See in the mausoleum where Juliet's body is? See how oh. someone's entering? I, I got all kinds of things to say about the fucking mausoleum, but we'll get to that yeah, when we we'll get, get to, to that. Look at all the children laughing at Mr. Bungle. Don't be like Mr. Bungle. <laughs> I love... Don't do what Donnie don't does. <laughs> <laughs> I love... Um, so I need to talk about Mercutio. I love uh, the guy who plays him, because he's so great. He, he Him and, him and um, uh, Tybalt, him and Johnny Legs... Both sell the hell out of their little, you know, screen time. Yeah, they're they're aware that everything in this is stupid. Yeah, and that's what makes them great. Like, like they're fantastic. But when he comes on screen, when Mercutio comes on, and he's like, as in his drag queen, like like in his big poofy wig, <laughs> I was like, 
Okay, guys, let's go to the party because Eddie Murphy's picking me up in 20 minutes. <laughs> By the way, there are multiple instances where you can flat out see his dick. I know. Like like when he's singing, he, he pulls out the, the invitation out of his crotch and he's like, Young hearts, run free. Here's my penis. Must have you dance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely saw some butt cheeks. That, that was that was a fun surprise. And and also, apparently, the first day of filming, Boz wanted the two of them to get like really comfortable. So he's like, "Well, the first scene we're filming today is Claire Danes. You have to take your top off, and you're having your sex scene." <laughs> like, no, no, oh. yes, and. <laughs> So he was literally just like pushing people together going, now kiss. Just mashing them together. Why are you resisting? <laughs> just like a, like a, like a four-year-old girl like mashing two dolls together like, you are friends now. <laughs> well, my Barbies usually kiss. Why are you resisting? It's like taking two cats. You guys are friends now. <laughs> Your brother and sister. You're going to start an apple butter business together. And it's gonna be really successful. I <laughs> thanks. I hate it. <laughs> I just I don't understand. First off, when when Claire Danes starts speaking, I was like, she is horrible at doing Shakespeare. And then DiCaprio starts speaking; he's even worse. <laughs> yeah. So so by yeah, just by that comparison, Claire Danes seems like kind of like you know, good at what she's doing versus DiCaprio. Two turds still make a turd. That's because she's like, Romeo. Oh, Romeo. Well, that's the thing. Some people in the movie are doing like the whole Shakespearean lilt being all like, thou art a fair lad. While some are just like, thou art a fair lad. And it's a stupid concept. Yeah, it makes it so much more disingenuous because you just sound like you're saying words. Yeah, my wife pointed out to me that that. They were trying to modernize it, which is fine, because when when the one scene I actually really liked was when Juliet and the nurse, it sounded modern when when she was trying to find out what Romeo's answer was, and the nurse, both of them talking in actual iambic pentameter, sounded like modern speak. But everyone else, it's like everyone else is Kenneth Branagh, like, I demand revenge! (laughs) Like... Well, yeah, when they're trying to have the like, the you know the the boys, the the Montague boys at the beginning, in their fucking rap rock gear, and then they just start talking <laughs> iambic pentameter. Oh, yeah, rap rock. Yeah, gear. Did, did anyone else get no sleep till Brooklyn? <laughs> God, I mean, we're at at this point, we're like, I we're mean, almost on the brink of Limp Bizkit. We're we're a couple years before, but like, they're, it's, they're it's just really, starting to. They're come really up. just a bucket hat and a big puffy bomber jacket away from that. These guys were like LFO. <laughs> there we go. That that's what <laughs> that's I was thinking. It. I was like thinking LFO or the um the fucking uh, rest in peace. Whatever, uh, See, rich. From you, ju- LFO. you just said LFO, but for some reason, I just started thinking of Crazy Town, which is not much better. Why is it every time you're on this podcast, you bring up Crazy Town? <laughs> or like, come on, lady, come, come, my lady. I think I, th- I think I have a problem mentally. You're my I- butterfly, sugar baby. You're from the town that it, that is mentally. It's not. It's not. Inept. It's not very sane. That town. <laughs> it's, no, it's very not. crazy. It's it's a crazy town. 
It's a village, actually. Doesn't quite have the same government. They have a board of directors. Yeah, like selectmen. <laughs> <laughs> Lunchmen's. Whenever whenever um Benvolio and crew are like on screen, all I can think of is like New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. Like yeah, the, they have like yeah, it's the bright colored jackets and like the bucket hats. They, and they they're look always like the on the beach. new radicals. <laughs> hey, I like the new radicals. <laughs> All right, sorry. Nice, perfectly. You mean you like that song? Yes. Well, nice. the great thing about the new radicals is they just wanted to have one hit song, and they did, and they're like, okay, we're done. Like Weedus. Oh yeah, the teenage dirtbag. Weedus is still going though. I think yeah. They actually follow us on Twitter, and I've had conversations with them. I oh, love wow. them. They're great. They're the best. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> Shout out to Weedus. Yay. Yeah. Um, keep doing what you're doing. I salute you. <laughs> yes. However, you boys at a... What band were we talking about? <laughs> LFO. Oh, uh, yeah. No, uh, New Radicals. You boys oh. at New Radicals. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I I still don't understand why... like. Johnny Legs' entrance is amazing, but know what's even better than his entrance? His exit from the movie. Mm. He he fucking dies with a fucking martyr pose. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ugh. Oh, yeah. That martyr pose that was so prevalent during the 90s. Well, not just 90s. He, he 80s also, he did the platoon because he's like, bang. Right. Bang. Speaking of uh, speaking of stuff, out. <laughs> speaking of stuff that was like really big during the 90s, during all the gunfights, Everyone was like John Woo jumping all over the place. Yeah, and no one, like, did anyone take a gun course? Because no one could aim or hit except for Johnny Legs. <laughs> yeah, was... and like you were saying, no one really knew how to properly handle one either. They looked like they were just like, woo, spinning them around. <laughs> Some and... of them didn't even really know what to do in any kind of, like, you know, dangerous situation. Like, at that point at the gas station when, like, they shoot the gas off and it just starts... Like, just leaking all over the guy. He rolls around in the gasoline for a bit before he starts running away. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's, you know, right there. Who? Damage control. Who, the, ben Bolio? The, the, the bald fat guy who was oh. with Jamie Kennedy. Oh, okay. Who gets shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah, like, I just feel like right Robert off the bat, Kelly. they should not have gotten into a gunfight at a gas station. I'm sorry. Like, that, that, wouldn't, that wasn't a That's not the place idea. to do it. That's not the place to do it. Do it in a dry field. <laughs> I mean... Is there any anything you actually liked or any performances you actually liked in this movie? I mean, I liked Paul Sorvino. I liked Pete Postlethwaite. And even though she got really, really hammy at times, I liked Miriam Margoyles. So so I'm the only one who liked Johnny Legs in, in uh, Mercutio. Jo- Johnny Legs just got – it just – I mean, he was fine, but just really annoyed me how much he wasn't even trying to, like, be all Shakespearean and stuff. Because like you got the be you got the people going I can't and there are people going I can't and he's just going I can't uh, I bite my thumb at you, Mister. <laughs> well, uh, that was Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> you bite your thumb at me, Mister. Johnny Legs yeah. was great because <laughs> I I just like when he's like he comes on and he's like that's that Romeo son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you on on Postal Three. I thought he was probably like. He, he was acting circles yeah. around everyone else, you know? and that's just because of his, you know, his pedigree. Even though his character is like, "Come on, kids, let's go see Father Creep." Yeah, but I mean, the characters, whatever. Like, we're gonna take that with a grain of salt. Like, the, right. the acting was good; it was believable. Uh, though it, it sounded 
you know, not tacked on when, when he was delivering the lines. Because he already, he was already kind of a, like, interesting, dynamic character anyway. Well, the one douchebag thing about, first off, I need to mention this. The four movies we've done this month, someone has died tragically. <laughs> so so we did uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, Heath Ledger, uh, Paul Walker and She's All That, Brittany Murphy, Clueless. P. Possilwaite got diagnosed with cancer three months before he died. They're like, oh, it's too late now. And he's like, so there's nothing I can do? Nope. Oh, man. Yeah, they're all like really tragic deaths, too. <laughs> I forgot about Brittany Murphy, man. That was a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Her husband's like, here, take these. <laughs> I didn't murder her. Oh, man. <laughs> da, 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 da. But P. Possilwaite, like, I hate the scene when, when Balthazar comes in when Juliet is dead, fake dead, quotation marks, yeah. and he possibly just looks at him. All he had to do is just be like, I'm shaking my head on a podcast. But he, all he had to be, do is like, shut up, Balthazar. She's not really dead. And Balthazar's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a- another one of those uh Moments when, when uh, sorry, spoiler alert, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character dies. Thank uh, God. <laughs> it's a many centuries old play. Okay, fair enough. And it's also based on a, a play that was even older than that. Was it Tristan and his old? Uh, no, it was, uh, um, oh my God, he, Haley is probably yelling at the <laughs> at the radio right now. Uh, she told me this, it was like Fizbus and Brisby, Prisby. All right, now I'm going to look it up. The last Mimsy. Your wife listens to podcast on a radio? Yep. Oh, time of radio. <laughs> this episode of Writer's Bagel Basket is brought to you by Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Taking the lady out on the town, Lucky Strike Cigarettes. And now the next episode of Writer's Bagel Basket, brought to you by Cortington's Itching Powders. You'll need them after you smoke all those filterless cigarettes. Cortington's Itching Powders. Use it for soup. Royal Crown Cola is a proud sponsor of Rogers Bagel Basket. Who needs Coca-Cola when you have Royal Crown Cola? What if we just did the rest of the episode like that? Romeo and Juliet is brought to you by Basil Ehrman's ex-wife. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so he dies. Uh, Romeo dies, and but like as he's like taking the last sip of his poison, he's getting hit in the cheek. <laughs> like, like, she, she's not even hitting him she's stroking his face like like and like in in all other you <laughs> in all other versions like he takes the poison she dies and like when when that happened i was literally just shouting at my tv wait a couple seconds dingus <laughs> seriously all, all i could think of during that scene was hot fuzz because as soon as she put the gun to her head i just went da 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 love me love me say that you love me <laughs> by the way that uh, that poison that he took um that just looked like a vial full of pee <laughs> It was. That's what it was. it was. Just that old guy's pee. And and the uh, and the roofie that Pete Postlethwaite gives to Juliet looked like blue curacao. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same exact thing. Drink this liquor. Well, I, I was also thinking like he was gonna tie this in the Moulin Rouge and she was gonna drink it, and then Kylie Minogue as the the absent fairy would show up and be like, "Here we go to the Moulin Rouge." Also Australian. It's Kylie Minogue. Yep. Can't get her out of my head. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Kylie. No, 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 Yeah. Anyway, that's all, that's all I had to say about that, though. That was really obnoxious because I, when I saw that scene, I was like, "Fuck!" Did like 
do they end up like living happily ever after in this version of the movie? Like, what the fuck? Like, she's fine and he's fine for like a second. How great would have that been if he just changed it? See, they end up together and everyone's happy. I can't take for all my life. Frankly, my dear. Let's I get do mar- give a damn. <laughs> Let's get just married. Cut, just cut back to the just cut back to the chief, and he was like, "Yes, truly, this was a Romeo <laughs> plus Juliet." <laughs> Roll credits. I had a dream last night. <laughs> of all the songs you could pick, that's <laughs> the end. Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> and they lived happily divorced ever after. It's a happy ending, but it still cuts to Radiohead for the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Just shows a scene of them, like, ten years later, like, she's, like, doing the dishes, and he's, like, in a tank top just sitting at the table with his head in his hand. How are we going to pay these bills? <laughs> I thought my dad was going to let me back into the business. Mercutio just wanders in off to the side with some bandages, like, oof, what a nap that was. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up, because that pissed me off like like because johnny legs the piece of glass he takes is tiny his wound looks like jaws ate him like, yeah go to a hospital like you like, can get that sutured up very easily yeah. also the guns are called swords and daggers and rapiers fuck you guys <laughs> so fucking dumb not not fuck you guys. I mean fuck you, Boz. Scott, fuck Scott, you, bag lunchman. Did you did you just tell us fuck you, Scott? No, no, no. Scott, what? I, no, why no, you, baby. We, no. we invited we invited you into our smell cave. And no, you, no, no. I, I wasn't you, saying that. How could you? No, fuck you. Fuck you. No, you do this every time. No, you're no, you're hectoring me. You're hectoring me again. You're hectoring me in front of Patrick. You're hectoring me in front of Patrick. Patrick, we're back. Okay. No, but honestly, fuck you, bag lunch man. Like, he wasn't even trying. Like when when they show the gun and it says sword, it should say underneath with his like titles that he has on everything. I'm not even fucking trying anymore. <laughs> just I, says sword brand gun, and it's just engraved in it. It says get, get it? it instead of a dagger. It's a gun. Fuck <sighs> him. Fuck him in the horse he rode in on. Oh, also. I loved that Romeo's uh, car was called a horse. Fuck I mi- I him. Missed, I missed that part. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah. They couldn't the even... license plate said horse on it. They couldn't even oh. just go with the easy... What? Jo- <laughs> I missed that too. What they couldn't the even fuck? just go with the easy gag and call it a Mustang. It wasn't even a Mustang. It was no, like... that would have been too clever. <laughs> yeah, that was right there waiting they, for him. They all should have been driving Mustangs. Yeah. Or Colts. Yes. But no, they had to be fucking assholes. <laughs> Uh, this goddamn movie. Do you think? Do you think Bag Lunchman just wakes up in the morning and is just like, how can I be an asshole today? What movie classic play can I ruin today? <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have everything wet and French and on fire and slightly homoerotic, but it's not because the... then I have an aunt kissing her nephew. And who we haven't I... even talked about that. Who am I going to get for the soundtrack? I'm thinking Enya. Everybody. I'm thinking Enya and Cradle of Filth. There we go. Send it to the printers. Oh, that's right. There is a Cradle of Filth song. Yep. Isn't there? Is, wait. I, is there? There's a Cradle of Filth song. 
Oh, I yeah. was just. There's two Radiohead show. songs. There's I... two Radioheads, and then they. What's the song that that the lady who who looks and sounds like Patti LaBelle is singing? Desiree. Desiree. I was forget... that Desiree. Yeah, that was Desiree. She, that was her in the movie too. Oh, okay. She was the. She was credited as diva. Oh right, that was all like the gospel music. Well, because it started out as a Patti no, that La... was at the party. She was performing at the party. That started out as a Patti oh, LaBelle right. song, and then it. It went into one of her songs, and no one cared. <laughs> so, oh, like, oh, go ahead. It wasn't. It wasn't at the party. Uh, well, it was, but it, also at the church. She was singing at the church too. Oh, I must have missed that. Fuck this movie. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there there's ugh. definitely a loss of brain cells over the course of watching this one. So speaking of, I blacked out a few ugh. times. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> uh, so what? So one... where are we in the plot at this point? Oh, we're all over the place because we're, yeah, we're exactly like this movie. We're all over the place and we don't right. care. So one one uh, one scene that I kind of wanted to point it out uh, point out was uh, it's actually right when the the cardigan song comes on the love me love me. Oh, when 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 he's like, and I will make her my wife, and she love smiles. Me, love me. Say that you love of all me. the songs to become the 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 song of this movie, that's the song. Not exit for, for a film by by Radiohead. Well, no, because that would have been you know giving away the plot too much. They didn't want the kids to know that Romeo dies, and Juliet. Yeah, they mm. only have like two hundred years, two thousand years. Listen, okay, the school systems aren't great right now. They they had to sell off the their copies of Romeo and Juliet so they could actually afford uh, the Elio's pizza that they served <laughs> this, every this day. This movie opened up. Mm. So this is the only movie that we're talking about this month. That actually came out in November. November 1st, 1996. Do you wow. know what movie beat it at the box office? It was number one for like... Space Jam. Space Jam. Space Jam. Yeah. I only know that because I saw a uh, like a meme the <laughs> other day <laughs> that was <laughs> like... Yeah, you saw Space Jam uh, came out like November something something, 1996. 15th. So I was like, fuck, am I that old? <laughs> I mean, I saw that meme and like... It wasn't explicitly written, but I just read that as Space Jam came out in 1996. What have you done with your life since then? Yeah, yeah right? this came out the same weekend as Bulletproof with Adam Sandler. Oh, oh yeah, boy. the buddy, the buddy comedy that or buddy cop comedy that he did with Damon Wayans. You're right. Uh, so anyway, that song comes on, and then it, it like goes to the next scene, and I want to say that it's this scene, but but you just see Claire Danes is on one end of the room, and uh, the one who plays the nurse. The nurse. Miriam Margoels? Yeah, she's like bent this... over in the refrigerator and sh- and like Claire Danes is staring at her ass for some reason. <laughs> That's Do you right. remember this? And it's yeah. like it's not really fully explained. She's just like, oh, gotta get what... me some of that. Ya rump roast. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Miss yep. Sprout. Madam Sprout. <laughs> it's like, yep, I've seen this before. That's a butt. <laughs> That's a pair of cheeks. Well, well, that was the scene that I was talking about where they're actually like, it sounds like they're having a real conversation. Yeah. That's where the modernization is like not great, but it doesn't suck. Yeah, it's like they're legit gossiping, you yeah. know, like people do. <laughs> it's like when they were shooting that scene. All right, Claire, I want you to look at her rump and imagine, like, I know you love Romeo, but like, you got something second on your list. It's probably your nurse's butt cheeks. Is there any way that we can get. A whole bunch of glitter involved, too. <laughs> I need everything to be sparkly. I want the glitter to come out of her bum. And then, like, it turns out the scene actually was, you know, executed fairly well, according to Scott. And that's where we have to say, that's 
that's a visionary for you. They just he let... got the he got the performance. I didn't say that it was executed very well. I said <laughs> it didn't suck. That same thing. That was, that was the day that they managed to lure Bag Lunchman away with like I don't know a, a <laughs> here, set, boy, a set of keys. Yeah, we're dealing with Lunchman look at metrics the, look at these here. Keys, look at these keys, Bag Lunchman. Ooh, I like those. Oh, those are nice and nice and jingly. these as long as it takes. Boy, this is going a long way. Out the door, even. I want to get you keys. <laughs> okay, he's gone. Shoot the scene. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't light anything on fire. <laughs> Look at, look at how dry Leonardo is. He's too dry. We, let, let's get some, get some more water on him, dump another bucket on him. No, uh, her her apartment needs to be bigger. I we don't am... want to establish that she's poor. You know, there should be, you know, pillars and a staircase and everything should be on fire. I haven't even picked out what Chemical Brothers track I want to set it to. <laughs> oh, man. The soundtrack, so, like, the soundtrack is, like, the Dandy Warhols and, like... I think garbage is on here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I was it, actually it's I, that time period. I was actually looking forward to when garbage came in, and then literally, it's just like in the background, you hear the chorus where it goes. Ah. Uh, just number one crush. Just yeah. muddled into yeah. just muddled into the rest of the soundtrack, and I was just like, "That's that's fucking it." Yeah. Here you wasted Shirley Manson's time for that. Here, well, she, at the same time, she was also doing a James Bond theme, so it really mm. evens out. Garbage. Everclear. Oh boy. It's yeah, this sounds pretty nineteen ninety six to me. Yeah. Eventually, uh, eventually you are Gavin going, Friday. You are eventually going to get to the one that I detest the most. Uh one inch punch. That's the one. There I we go. fucking hate that song so much. Wait, what is it? One inch punch. Pretty piece of flesh by one inch punch. It is like it I mean like some of the some some of the choices on this soundtrack are questionable. This one is the only one that's outright shit. I I, w- I was wrong. It wasn't the Dandies. It wasn't Dandy Warhols. It was Butthole Surfers. Um, right. Oh yeah. Know, very close. I had a dream last night. <laughs> that song. Yeah. The Cardigans. Um, Kim Kim Maisel. Jesus. <laughs> really. Um, Quentin Traver. Wait, was it Traver? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was saying Tarver this whole time. Oh. Yeah, stupid. Oh wait, no. It doesn't matter. One asshole here put Traver, and the other asshole put Tarver. <laughs> we don't know. Um, All the letters are there. Just Mundy, figure it out for yourself. Desiree, uh, Tom York by himself, and then also Radiohead. Um, oh, so maybe that track was just a Tom York track. I'm not. No, he did some instrumentals for oh, this. Oh, okay. Because. God looked down and said, I hate you, Alfalfa. Um, Stina Nordenstam. <coughs> I can't even pronounce it. Oh, my old favorite. Yeah, that old chestnut. The... I think I think you pronounced it correctly. Yeah. The... Ladies and gentlemen, Stina <coughs> Storm Thurgeson, famous <laughs> album cover creator. Yeah, and then uh, Craig Armstrong did most of the soundtrack, like mm. all of the instrumentals. Mm. He did the incidental music. Yes. Him this and was, Tom York working together. This was a very strange pocket of time for music. The sort of yep. like late 96 through 99. Uh, that was like grunge was definitely dead, like starting to get stamped out. But we still had some fuzzy guitars going on. But we were also like wanted them to be slightly electronic because these groups like the Prodigy and, and uh Aphex Twin, we're, we're getting really Brothers. popular. Chemical Brothers, yeah. Well, apparently, Fat Boy Slim. Apparently, he wanted to go with like my favorite genre, nineties alternative Brit rock. Like he wanted, mm, pulp, yeah. he wanted Blur, and then they're like, no. 
<laughs> like, but they fuck. got Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, they, Radiohead was not as big as Pulp at this point. All right. Yeah, because so, this was right before OK Computer. Right. Which that song, Exit mm-hmm. Music for a Film, ended up being on that This album. came out in November. OK Computer right. came out in December. So, like, Radiohead wasn't Radiohead at this point. All right. they had was Creep. Mm. So, and, and, unless like, you lived in the UK, because yeah. I think the Benz actually had a couple of singles. Yes. Yeah, High and Dry was... Fake like, plastic trees. Yes, but here, all we had was Creep. Yeah. And if you saw Clueless... Big plastic trees, like. Yeah, Radiohead's you... one of those bands that like they really want you to think that they have convictions, but they don't strike me as a band that really have strong convictions, and they'll do anything for for the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand in this movie how dumb everyone is. Like when when Mercutio says a plague upon both these both your houses, like. I love the look DiCaprio gives him. Like, what did I do? I didn't do hey, anything. I He's, tried to help. And and I was like, I said, I said to Haley, I was like, why is he getting mad at Romeo in this version? Because Romeo didn't do anything in this version. And Haley Haley basically said it was the equivalent, the fact that uh, Romeo was being a little bitch boy and just taking a beating from Tybalt. <laughs> Well, I mean, the whole time, like, Mercutio is just kind of, like, running away from the scene, just, like, grasping his wound, and multiple times, Leonardo DiCaprio just, like, runs up to help him, and Mercutio's just like, no, just shoves him away. Young hearts, run for... Like... <laughs> Let me help. No! <laughs> like, every time he, he was on, like, on uh, screen, Mercutio, that's all I could think of, because that's how they introduced him with... Singing Young Hearts Run Free. Like, that's all I could think of. So, seeing you do that, like, body movement like that just made me think they should do a version of Romeo and Juliet with, like, toddlers. <laughs> but they still keep the dialogue. Or, or Romeo and Juliet with marionettes, like, Team America style. Oh, my God. But, yeah. Like this version with just dogs. So, is there anything else we need to touch upon? Um, the mausoleum. Okay. Juliet's dead. She Juliet's dead. She's in like the big family plot. Actually, no, she's Quote, not. Unquote, she's dead. not. She's not in the family plot. She's just in a church. And this was something that oh, Susan, all the candles. This was something that Susan pointed out to me. Like, they just took the body. It's modern times, but they didn't think to do an autopsy, right, or anything like that, or even embalm the body if they're so sure it's dead. But they don't take it to a crypt or anything. <laughs> they just leave it in the church, surrounded, surrounded by, by, candles. by candles and billowy sheets in. The it, L.A. Heat. It looked it looked like an MTV Unplugged, like Annie Lennox performance with oh, all yeah. these candles. <laughs> the soft focus and everything. I think yeah. that literally was what the Cure Unplugged was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Whenever I see you, except with just, kitten as a cat, except with some really big cushions cat. to sit on. <laughs> I don't care if Juliet's blue, Wednesday's gray, and. What? And she smells like meat. My my rotting point, in the sun. My point is, if she was actually dead, she would smell at yeah. this point. Yeah, really I, I had a I had a real I took real issue with that as well. I remember like they were discussing the plan. Like you know, the the father was saying you you will appear to be dead for like four hours and twenty minutes or for twenty four hours and four minutes. Like it was so precise. It was like what? That that's another thing. Four like, and twenty, man. If this is L.A., it's really hot. She's surrounded by candles and stuff. And, like, even though she's not actually dead, she should be dead. 
Well, I mean, they in that heat, she'd be dehydrated as hell. Capulets are—they're so rich, man. They, their mausoleums are very well air conditioned. Why are you yelling like Sam Kinison? <laughs> I, I hate this film so much. It's really bad. <laughs> My wife doesn't get me. <laughs> ah! <laughs> but uh. yeah, in the the mausoleum itself, also, I just would have loved to see one candle just like fall over and light her on fire. Yeah, th- that's another thing. There is a clear breeze coming through. Like, yes, it's making all the sheets look all billowy and dramatic, but that's gonna, like, like just one false breeze, just like, oh, the fire's on the... The fire just went onto the sheets, and now oh, everything's fire's everything's gonna, ablaze. It's gonna make the all room the even stu- hotter. <laughs> right. All the sheets are on fire, all the stupid neon crosses that no funeral has ever put in, like, a fucking private crypt that no one's gonna see are on fire now. <laughs> I, I want to see someone re-edit this ending to the Hot Fuzz ending. Bang! Just exactly like that. <laughs> I think that's what would, would make this movie better. Like, cut out all the stuff with the chief. So Chief Prince is played by Curtis Bondi Hall, who is Ben Urich on Daredevil, but he's also the director of a film called Glitter. Oh boy. Really? Yes. Is that that's true? That is a hundred percent true. Oh no. Wow, no, of all no. people so is do you have any other directorial credits or oh, just glitter? Why, yes he does. Hold on, let me pull it up. Let me just say real quick while you're looking that up at the police chief. Um at that point, like uh Romeo's been banished, which I'm pretty sure the police chief can't do. Even the mayor can't banish someone from a city. Vondi Curtis Hall. I say Curtis Vondi Hall. Oh, whatever. Yeah, he has 17 movie credits. <laughs> well, he he did the Tony Braxton Unbreak My Heart biopic for Lifetime. Uh, uh, <laughs> good for him. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, he really needed that biopic on Tony Braxton. He actually directed an episode of Firefly. He did cool. <laughs> He directed the Tupac Shakur, Tim Roth movie, Gridlock. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Which is weird because I don't hate Gridlock. I actually think it's a decent movie. So so the fact that he did that. Yeah, he did that. He did a bunch of episodes of Boston Legal, Gossip Girl, The Starter Wife, Sleeper Cell, um, Waste Deep with, oh, I actually, yeah, this this is the movie with Tyrese. Tyrese Gibson in prison. <laughs> oh, no. Waist deep. Oh, dear. Tune into your uh, hotel room channel for waist deep. Yeah. So he really meant it at the end of the film when we were all punished by <laughs> the fact that he would go on to uh, direct glitter. Because we're truly all punished. You, we really Bringing were. that into the world. Punished. Sorry. So as we as we wrap this up, final thoughts. Before we get to how many bagels. This movie is stupid. That's my final thoughts. Uh, this movie was, was an experience to watch, uh, but also I will not be watching it again. It was stupid. <laughs> I own this now. <laughs> no one told you to buy it, Scott. It, w- it was cheaper to buy a DVD copy for five bucks than rent it for two ninety nine. Really? Oh, yeah. we, we only paid like three bucks when we rented it on Amazon. 
that's still two ninety nine. Oh yeah, we did. It was three ninety nine on our end for oh. iTunes. So you guys are gonna kick me in the crotch later. <laughs> I mean, we I wasn't planning on we it. Weren't, we weren't thinking about it until you brought it up. <laughs> I put the idea in my head. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I can think about now. So how many bagels are left in a baker's dozen? There's a big bagel basket of thirteen bagels. Lee, you've done this before. Take out how many. And whatever's left means how good or bad it is. So if there's 13 bagels, perfect film. One bagel, zero bagels, this film is shit. So what I've done is I've taken all of the bagels, poured them into one of those uh, ninja blenders like you can find on, you know, on like you could like, you know, you sell that on TV sort of thing and just sort of made kind of a kind of kind of a goop, like a bagely goop out mm. of it. And, I just sort of, and I'm just pouring it into a skillet to make one gigantic bagel pancake. And then I'm just going to just eat that whole thing right up because I am not sparing a single bagel for this movie. It Everything about it made me angry. I mean, I still had fun watching it because we were just mocking it the whole time. Oh, but yeah, this is a if I film. If I had to watch it just for seriously alone, this would be just unbearable. And I am not going to watch it again. And yeah, <laughs> no, no bagels for the, no bagels for them. But a bagel, big old bagel pancake for yourself. Mm, that's gonna go right down my tum tum. Mm-hmm, very nice, you, Patrick. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna give it. Okay, so it's 13 bagels means it's the best. Uh, you take out how many and whatever's left. How many are left in the basket? Okay. Uh, Shit, carry the three. Uh, <laughs> I'm not great at math, guys. I'm gonna give it four bagels, uh, and that is yeah. for uh, Postlethwaite. Uh, I'll I will agree that Mercutio, uh, the guy who played Mercutio, did a good job. Uh, Johnny Legs, and then uh, the nurse's butt. Number four. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, have... I will cut off one slice of my bagel pancake and put it back in for Pete Postlethwaite. So <laughs> half of a bagel's left. <laughs> um, so I have... well, I mean, it's a giant pancake now. So that one slice is like the equivalent of a bagel. Oh, okay. So so I'm giving this four also. Uh, basically, Johnny Legs, Pete Postlethwaite, and uh, Harold Pernay. Pernay. And then the fourth one is for all the gun spinning because I was like, I, I love when Benvolio and Mercutio are, are like, and then uh, we draw our weapons and then they just start going. Like that spin was over a minute of them just spinning and nothing's happening except for like DiCaprio walking on the sand. Coming back from I, being all wet. I guess that would be the equivalent of West Side Story, when instead of fighting, the gangs just go... <laughs> They're shooting the guns like like the future... Uh, like... Uh, the, the future iteration of Bart Simpson when he's the, the male stripper and he's just like up on the <laughs> bang, stage. Bang, bang, Bart. <laughs> yeah, bang, bang, Bart. No, I would have, okay, this movie would have been a perfect dozen for me if after every line someone fired a gun. <laughs> I bite my tongue at you, sir. Bang. Oh, Romeo, Romeo. Bang. Because <laughs> there's no Poison. Reason- I mean, there's well, there, yeah, that there's, did there's literally a part where Mercutio is just taking his gun and shooting the beach. Yeah, 
take that sand. <laughs> Just shooting the ocean. So yeah. we've we've come to the end. Thank you guys for crossing over. I feel like I might have been a little overly negative with my review now, yeah. but it's it's too late. It is what it is. I mean, the damage is done. The movie's been created. It's been like 22 years. And I've got, you know, 12 thirteenths of a bagel pancake making its way through my, my through my small intestine. Yeah, it's just a big, long bagel worm <laughs> taking up your entire intestinal tract. So, thank you guys for being here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. This is this is yeah. fun. Uh, I don't I don't get to review a lot of movies. I'm not really a movie guy. Uh, I mean, we did, on on the podcast we do everything from movies to TV shows. So, like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely more of a TV show guy. I I like I like being able to tune into a familiar cast of characters and just see like, oh, what are these guys up to this week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have, I'm going to have you on for sliders. I think we were oh, bonding over sliders. Oh, man, because <laughs> I do I do want to do the episode where John Reese Davies dies. Oh my god. Yeah, that show is fucking buck wild. <laughs> there is like it's like they read maybe a science pamphlet and just based the entire series around. That. They have a high school they have there's a high school physical science textbook. They have these plots that are like what if Hitler won? <laughs> Like, That's a Philip K. Dick TV show or book, but The Man in the High Castle is what that is. Oh. So, yeah. Guys, do you want to plug your podcast? Uh, yeah, go check out our podcast on uh, bad me- on uh, historically bad albums, Jukebox Zeros at jukeboxzeros.podbean.com. Uh, we had Scott on to review uh, Tonight by David Bowie, which was not a great album. And we're having him back on again to review uh, an even worse album, Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Uh, 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 and it's two albums. Right. <sighs> Double your pleasure. Yep. Sure. Pleasure. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yep. <laughs> pleasure, asterisk. Mm-hmm. So you can find us on the Twitter, the Instagram, and on the Facebook. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. Eventually, we'll go to Podbean, but who cares? <laughs> and uh, on on the website of curlandonfilm.com. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, I am Scott Curland. Bye. 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 Hey guys, if you like listening to us, um, you can follow us on Twitter or email us. Follow us on Twitter at writer, W-R-T-R, bagel, B-A-G-E-L, basket, B-S-K-T, on Twitter, or email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to do. Submit fan art. Submit a logo. Do anything, because we want to hear from you. And if you have show suggestions, email them. So, yeah.